All right, Jabo, say good morning. Let us, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. They're really an incredible daf. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors to thank our, our Tamator sponsors for the month of Cheshvan, Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of Yonah Tzvi, Ben Yosef Chaim and Lazar HaKohen, and to thank Noam Aleah Efron for dedicating the Sherman Drashos this month in honor and celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel Ben Mordechai Halevi. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors today, Steve Galaska for a Rufua Shalema for Steve's father, Nachum Sender, Ben Eta Rachel, who is having surgery today. We hope that on the merit of our Talmud Torah, he will have a complete and enduring Rufua. And we'll say with that, let us begin. Let us begin. One, one last uh, important piece of information is uh, a very special welcome back to David Schwartz, who Baruch Hashem has uh, never left this year. He's just been on Zoom for the last uh, year and a half. Baruch Rofei Cholim, your Rufua should continue in Merit Hashem. We should be Zorcha Merit Hashem to continue to learn together for many years to come. And we'll say with that, let us begin. We have really have a next couple of days we have some really exceptional and incredible, incredible Gemara ahead of us. If, if, you're, if your Shir Haverim are not here yet, it's Kedai to text them, to tell them that whatever, whatever Tainug, whatever enjoyment they're getting from Shema right now, from sleep, it's not going to be the same as, uh, as, as the Tainug from this incredible Sugya. So, so with that, let us begin. Really incredible Gemara. Va'arbo prakim ma'olim nidom. The world is judged at four different intervals. The Gemara says, "The Pesach the world is judged regarding wheat, regarding grain, on Pesach. By Shavuos, the world is judged regarding the output of fruit, fruit of the tree, and And on Rosh Hashanah, all the inhabitants of the world pass before Hakadosh Baruch Hu." Now we'll see that there's a three-way machlokas as to how to go ahead and define that term. Shin Amar Hayotzer Yachad Libam Hamaven El Kol Maasehen, which literally translated means Hakadosh Baruch Hu creates them all together. He understands all of their actions. Again, we'll see exactly what the meaning and deeper deeper profundity of that pasuk is. Ubechag Nidon Al Hamayim, and on Sukkis. We are judged regarding rainfall, regarding water. So therefore, I will say what the Mishnah introduces us to this idea is that the world is judged at four different intervals. And the idea of the four different times is that obviously each of these times of judgment corresponds to whatever it is that is occurring in the world at that particular time. So grain is beginning to sprout, Pesach time. Therefore, the world is judged for grain at Pesach. We'll see what Shavuos and fruit trees have to do with each other, because Shavuos, the carbon... And remember, again, on Pesach, the primary sacrificial thing, right? Avoda that's done is, is the carbon omer, barley, which is the first grains. We'll see exactly the connection between Shavuos and first fruits. Rosh Hashanah, again, day of universal judgment for mankind. And Sukkis, which is the beginning of the rainy season, we are judged for rain. Incredible, incredible Gemara. So we'll say, let's, let's go. We're going to analyze and pick apart each of these items. So it says the Gemara. So when we say that Pesach is the time that the world is judged regarding grain, which grain is that referring to? So what do I mean by that? So I'll say, 
remember again, by the time Pesach rolls around, there is already grain that's grain. So let's say, for example, it's the year 5782, right? This year, right? So it's 5782. So now Pesach is going to come this year, 5782, and there's grain that's already growing in the field, right? There's already grain that's there when Pesach comes along. So the Gemara says, when we say that Pesach is the day of judgment, is the Rosh Hashanah, or I should say the day of judgment for grain, which grain? Hey, Tavua. If you want to say that it's the grain that is already in existence in the field, So when was the initial judgment of that grain which was already growing? Rather, it must mean that Pesach is the day of judgment for the grain that is going to be planted. So the Gemara says, Lememra, the Chadina. So you're telling me then that grain effectively has one day of judgment? So in other words, the way the Gemara is setting this up is essential, which I think kind of is intuitively the way we thought from the Mishnah, is that essentially comes Pesach, comes Pesach, Pesach is the day of judgment for the grain that is going to be planted. To which the Gemara says, Are you telling me then that grain has only one day of judgment? But, Hanya, we learned, if something happens to the grain, right? Something happens to the grain. The grain is somehow, Rashi says, carry kigon barad oshidafon, like hell, right? Or some type of flood. What's the halacha? So the Gemara says, kodem ha pesach, if the grain is impacted before pesach, nidonis lisha'avar. That means that's part of the judgment of last year. If something happens to the grain after Pesach, then what? Ultimately, that's an impact of next year's, or what we say, the present year. So I'll say what that means is as follows. If something happens to the grain, let's say this year, something happens to the grain, let's say in, uh, in, in other bays, in other bays, we attribute that judgment, that judgment to last year's Pesach. But if something happens to the standing grain, right? Let's say this year, but it happens after Pesach, then we attribute that judgment to what? This year's Pesach, which effectively means that every grain has really what? Two, two, two judgments. Because I will say, if you think about this, by the way, right? The grain is planted, the grain, most grain is planted after Pesach and is harvested after the following Pesach. So what the Gemara essentially is saying is, there's essentially two days of judgment for every year's crop. There's the Pesach before it's planted, and it's the Pesach before it's harvested. So the Gemara says if something negative happens to the grain, if it's after last Pesach, then ultimately again, if, if, if it's something happened, if something happened to it, I will walk backwards. If something happened to it before this Pesach, that's the din from last Pesach. If something happens to it after this Pesach, before it's harvested, that's the din in this year's Pesach. Similarly, the Gemara says, the same idea, Adam, we'll say to a person, same, same concept applies to a human being. Adam she'ira bakari ones, kodim yom kipurim, nidon l'sha'avar. So I'll say, same idea. If something negative happens to me, something negative happens to me this year, this coming year, before Yom Kippur, right? The Gemara says, So that din is attributed to last year's Yom Kippur, right? Or to last year's Rosh Hashanah. Which I will say something very interesting. In other words, the way the Gemara is suggesting over here that din works 
is that Kaddish Baruch Hu passes a din on me on Rosh Hashanah. We're going to get into this. Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. See, interestingly enough, the Gemara's understanding of this for now is that that judgment begins this year Rosh Hashanah and essentially goes through next year's Yom Kippur. Next year's judgment begins after Yom Kippur of next year. Or to illustrate this again, right? On Rosh Hashanah 5781, last Rosh Hashanah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided what's going to happen to me. That din, that din extended from Rosh Hashanah 5781 through Yom Kippur of this year, 5782. So therefore the Gemara says, if something happens to me between last year, Rosh Hashanah 5781, and this year, Yom Kippur 5782, that's part of 5781 judgment. But if something happens after Yom Kippur 5782, then what? That's part of Rosh Hashanah 5782 judgment. In other words, which, which is interesting, we're going to see that not everybody subscribes to this model. We're not so focused on this on human judgment right now. What we're much more focused on is grain judgment right now. And to illustrate to us that essentially grain really has two judgments, Pesach of last year, Pesach of this year, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Amarava, Shmamino, trade Dine Mistina. You see from here that grain, in fact, is subjected to two judgments. So I both said there is the judgment of the grain before it's planted. That's Pesach of last year. And then there's the judgment of the grain before it's harvested. That's Pesach of this year. So the Yomar says, Amra Abaye, Abaye says, Therefore, Hilchach, Ki Chazi Inish, the Mitzlach Zara Afla. Therefore, this is very interesting. Abaye gives a practical piece of advice. Abaye says, if you see that your grain is doing great, right? Baruch Hashem Your grain is doing great. What should you do? You should go ahead. What, what, literally what it means is if you see that your slow maturing grain that you planted earlier in the season is doing great, plant more grain now. Because I will say that means there's been a good din, a good judgment upon you for grain. So if the slow maturing grain has been planted and is doing well, plant some more fast maturing grain, seek it chaperain, right? You could go ahead and cash in a little bit more on the favorable din. Lick them velizra harfa ad demati lemedaina kadam salak, kadam salak. Ultimately, again, if you see, again, if you see that the slow maturing grain is maturing nicely, quickly and plant some more slower maturing grain. Excuse me, I said it wrong. If you see that your slow maturing grain that you planted earlier in the season is doing well, that's indicative of a favorable din, and therefore go ahead and plant some additional fast maturing grain so you can chaperain on the positive din of that year. Which I will say is such an incredible metaphor for life. If things are going well for you, if things are going, you see, people sometimes think, that when things are going well in life, it's a great time to slow down and, you know, enjoy. And it's just the opposite. If things are going well for you in life, if your parnasa is intact, if your health is intact, if your mishpacha is intact, that is the time to literally hit the gas, right? That is the time to try to accomplish more and more and more. It's not the time to slow down because it's so rare in life that all of the different aspects of existence are in, are in alignment. And if you have that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving you those brachas. If the, if, the, if the wheat is maturing nicely, plant more, do more, accomplish more, 
don't slow down. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, Mas Nisan. We'll say, whose opinion does our Mishnah reflect? Lo Rabbi Meir, lo Rabbi Yudu, lo Rabbi Yossi, lo Rabbi Nasan. I'm going to say, here we go. So now we're going to see. So the Gemara says, who does the Mishnah not reflect? Who, right, who does the Mishnah reflect? Well, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Rabbi Meir, it's not Rabbi Huda, it's not Rabbi Yossi, it's not Rabbi Nassim. There's pretty much no one left. Right? 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 Who, who does the Mishnah reflect? Not any of these opinions. Disanya, Disanya, because the Gemara explain quotes a beautiful, beautiful Braiso. I will say, by the way, I'll also point out it's interesting when you see a Gemara like this, it's always intriguing. Because this is stylistically how the Gemara works. Whenever the Gemara wants to say, whose opinion does the Mishnah reflect? The Gemara will often begin by saying, begin by saying, who it's not. Which is an interesting episode in life as well. Because sometimes when we want to try to figure out who we are, who we are, or what we are, sometimes the process begins by identifying what you're not. But all too often in life, we stop there. We define ourselves by what we're not. I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, which is okay, which is okay, as long as it's followed up by, I am this, I am this, I am this. In other words, identifying what I'm not is helpful as long as it ultimately yields a reality and an understanding of what and who I truly am. So the Gemara goes right to both say, incredible sugya. Here we go, the Sanya. Hakomi donim barashishana. So remember again, let's keep in mind, from the Mishnah's perspective, from the Mishnah's perspective, all we have right now is a statement about Rosh Hashanah. And all the Gemara said, and all the Mishnah said was, on Rosh Hashanah, humanity is judged. That, that, that's what we have. So watch this, Raisa. Opinion number one, this is Rabbi Meir. Everyone is judged on Rosh Hashanah. And their, their judgment is sealed. Gzardin is sealed on Yom Kippur. That's Rabbi Meir, right? So Rabbi Meir has a Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur model. Judgment on Rosh Hashanah, we'll call it judgment sealed on Yom Kippur. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Hakomi Don Rosh Hashanah. Everyone is judged on Rosh Hashanah. Ugzardin Shalahem Nechtam Kol Echad Ve'echad Bizmano. Rabbi Yehuda has an interesting model. He says everyone is judged on Rosh Hashanah. When is judgment sealed? Well, for each and everything in the world, it's judged, it's sealed at a different time. For example, the Pesach Alatvua, so the judgment for Pesach is sealed, the judgment, I'm sorry, for, for grain is sealed on Pesach. Batseres Alperos fruit is Shavuos. Bechag Nidorn Alamayim, water, rainfall is Sukkis. Va'adam Nidom Berashashana, Ugzardin Shalo Nechtam Biyom Kippurim. And man is judged on Rosh Hashanah, and his gzardin, his judgment is sealed as on Yom Kippur. So we'll say, so again, what's interesting in Rabbi Huda's model is Rabbi Huda understands that Rosh Hashanah is the universal day of judgment. Everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah. It's just that the judgment is sealed at different intervals throughout the year. But the initial judgment for everything, man and all of nature, occurs on Rosh Hashanah. That's Rabbi Huda. Next, Rabbi Yossi Omer, I'll say, get ready for this. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Adam Nidon Bechol Yom. Rabbi Yossi says, man is judged every single day. Every single day. There is no one day of judgment, says Rabbi, says Rabbi Yossi. Man is judged every single day. Quoting over here, the, the Pasek from, from Eov, Vasif Kedeno, we'll see what it means is, we'll, we'll, we'll darshan the Pasek, Vasif Kedeno, he is remembered or he is judged, Levikarim, we'll see how to darshan that. Rabbi Nassim Omer, Rabbi Nassim says, Adam Nidon Bechal Sha'a. 
Rabbi Nassim says man is judged each and every day. Man is judged each and every day. Sorry, each and every moment, excuse me. Each and every shah. So we'll say, shah means hour, but more appropriately, shah means every moment. Man is judged every moment. So we'll say the Pasik again in Eov. It's the same Pasik. It's the same Pasik. So one is just actually in the first part of the Pasik. Second opinion is actually in the second part of the Pasik. So we'll say, well, we'll analyze each of these particular opinions. But these are the four opinions that the Mishnah does not reflect. So the Gemara says, well, maybe it is Rabbi Huda, right? Because remember again, we'll say, what was the opinion of Rabbi Huda? Rabbi Huda said, everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah, and respective din is sealed at different intervals. So maybe it is Rabbi Huda. In other words, we'll say, what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says, the world is judged at four different times. But maybe our Mishnah really is like Rabbi Huda. We'll say, maybe what the Mishnah meant when it said that the world is judged at four times, what the Mishnah meant was what? Judgment is sealed at four different times. In other words, maybe the Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Huda, namely, universal judgment occurs on Rosh Hashanah. Everything is judged. But that particular judgment is sealed at different times throughout the year for different things. Ihaki, Kashya Adam. But if that's the case, what do you do about man? Because remember, again, see the Mishnah both say makes no mention of what? The Mishnah makes no mention of Yom Kippur. Right? All the Mishnah says is that man is judged on Rosh Hashanah. And the way it makes it sound is that man is judged and judgment is sealed on Rosh Hashanah. There is no mention at all of Yom Kippur. So to which the Yomarsamarabahi. You're right. Our Mishnah reflects the view of the Tana Debe Rabbi Shmal. Here we go. The Gemara says, the Tana Debe Rabbi Shmal. Ba'aba Prakima Olam Nidon. The world is judged at four different times. The Pesach Alatvua on Pesach for grain, Batsaras Aperos Hailon on Shavuos for fruit of the tree, Bichag Nidon and Alamaim on Sukkis we are judged for rainfall. Va'adam Nidon Brashashana, man is judged on Rashashana, Ugzardin Shelo Nechtam Biyomakipurin, and his judgment is sealed on Yom Kippur. I the Gimara says, Vichi Katani Masnisin Atrilastin. And when the Mishnah makes reference to Rosh Hashanah and says that man is judged on Rosh Hashanah, what is that referring to? The initial judgment. In other words, I will say, so what the Mishnah is referring to when it says Adam Nido ben Rosh Hashanah is man's initial judgment is on Rosh Hashanah, but his gzard in the sealing of his judgment occurs when? On Yom Kippur. So therefore, again, we've established now our Mishnah reflects the view of Tanah Debi Rabbi Shmal, that everything, now we'll say, so remember, what I want to point out over here is as follows. The Gemara is assuming right now that the opinion reflected in the Mishnah is as follows. On Pesach, grain is judged and verdict is sealed. Right? Shavuos, fruit is judged, verdict is sealed. Sukkis, rainfall, judged, verdict, sealed. And then Rosh Hashanah is the one exception. Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah judgment is made, but verdict is not sealed until Yom Kippur. So when it's referring to man in the Mishnah, it's referring to Tchilas Din, the initial part of judgment. Good. So we'll say now, we have all of these other opinions about the nature of judgment, which actually is quite profound. And enough Kamina, so we'll say again, how do you understand when you're being judged in this world by HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's not just a matter of semantics. It's incredibly important because it fundamentally impacts how we're going to live our lives. So here we go. Let's analyze these opinions. So the Amr of Chista. 
My time is Rabbi Yossi. We'll say, what is Rabbi Yossi's logic? Remember again, what did Rabbi Yossi hold? Rabbi Yossi held that halacha lamaisa, Adam nidon bechol yom. A person is judged every single day. Every single day there's a judgment. So what's Rabbi Yossi's logic? The Yimar says, we said, because we'll say, the Pasuk says in Eov, HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers us for judgment. Labikarim. Labikarim is what? Means what? Boker. Every morning, every day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reminds us or is, it remembers us for judgment. He judges us every day. So the Gemara says, first wide line, first of the intermediate wide lines, we'll say, Anan, Hachi Kaminan. No, no, no. What we need to say is as follows. My taima lo amar kirabi nasan. What we're interested about say about is as follows. Why doesn't Rabbi Yossi hold like Rabbi Nasan? Remember again, what do these two opinions say? Rabbi Yossi holds that judgment occurs every single day. Rabbi Nasan occurs that holds that judgment occurs when? Every moment. Every moment. Now, I will say, remember, they're both quoting the same Pasuk, right? It's just Rabbi Yossi is quoting the first part of the Pasuk. Vasif kedenu labikarim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers us for judgment every morning. And ultimately, again, and Rabbi Nasan is quoting the end of the Pasuk. Larigaim sivchanenu. And every moment, he is literally, again, judging us or, or, or watching us. So the Gemara is asking, they're both actually in the same Pasuk. So Rabbi Nasan, why do you choose to dash in the first part of the Pasuk and not the second part of the Pasuk? So the Gemara says, Anan hachi kamirnan, my time alamak Rabbi Nasan. Why does Rabbi Yossi not hold of Rabbi Nasan? To which the Gemara says, because bechina iyune ba'almahi. Because we remember again, Rabbi Nasan darshins the second part of the Pasuk. Laregoim sivchanenu. So Rabbi Yossi will say, Rabbi Yossi will say, the Lashon of sivchanenu is iyune ba'alma. Doesn't mean judgment. It just means watching. It just means watching. So what the Pasuk is conveying to us is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu watches us at every moment. But sivchanenu is not a Lashon of din, not a Lashon of judgment. So the Gemara says, one second, but Rabbi Yossi, Piki danami iyune ba'amahi. I could ask the same thing about your phrase. Because remember again, Rabbi Yossi Darshan is the first part of the Pasuk. Vasif kedenu lebikarim. So we'll say, Lashon of vasif kedenu means what? Means what? Pakad. Vashem pakad asara. It just means to remember. It doesn't necessarily mean judgment either. Pekida nami iyune ba'almahi. Pekida also doesn't have to mean judgment, right? Pekida could also mean, Pekida could also mean just a simple, a simple iyune, looking into something. You're right. Taime drabiyosi mihacha. In reality, Rabiosi's position, namely, that din occurs every single day, that we are judged every single day, comes from a different pasik. The coast of Pasek, Lasos Mishpat Avdo, U Mishpat Amo Yisrael, Tivaryom Biomo. We'll say quotes over the Pasek from Melachim, that ultimately, again, the Pasek says, to go ahead and perform the Mishpat of his servant and the Mishpat of his nation Yisrael, Tivaryom Biomo, each and every day. Which I will say, Rabbi Yossi Dashens to mean what? Mishpat, judgment, occurs each and every day. That's, that's the lesson over here. Mishpat, judgment, occurs each and every day. Bam Rav Chista. So, the Gibar just goes on a tangent here, for just a moment, we've had this before. Bam Rav Chista, Melech Vitzibor, Melech Nichnas Tchila. There's another important impact of this particular passage. It teaches me that if both the king 
and the tzibur await judgment. What's the halacha? Melech nichnas tchilaladin. The king goes in for judgment first. Shneamar lasos mishpat avdo u mishpat amo yisrael. Because the pasuk says first, Hakadosh Baruch who does the mishpat of his servant, which is a reference to the king, and then a mishpat of the nation. My time. Why does the king go in for judgment before the nation? So on a basic level, it's not appropriate for the king to wait in the waiting room. It's not appropriate for the king to wait while the nation is being judged. The other possibility is that we want the king to be judged before the anger of HaKadosh Baruch Hu flares up as a result of the iniquity of the nation. So I will say, so therefore, again, I just want to point out something very important over here. So what we've just established is that Rabbi Yossi's idea that literally, again, Adam Nidon Bechol Yom, that a person is judged each and every day, is not really from the Pasek in Eov, but rather it's from the Pasek in Melochim, Lasos Mishpat Avdo U Mishpat Amo Yisrael Dvar Yom, Biomo. Mishpat occurs each and every day. Which I say is an incredibly profound idea. So the Mar says, Bo said, listen to this. Get ready. I'm Rav Yosef. Get ready for this. Rav Yosef says, Kiman Matzlaha Idno Akitsiri Vaamiri. So say, this is absolutely incredible. So Rav Yosef says, let me ask you, why do we daven today, or, or according to whose opinion do we daven? regarding weakness and illness each and every day. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. HaKetziri Umeri Rashi says, Mepharshim Sechas Nedarim, Ketziri Cholim, Merii Tamidi Chachomim Shein Teshu Sheikoach. So again, listen to what Rav Yosef is saying over here. Rav Yosef is asking, we daven every day for a Fushalimo, right? We daven for a whole bunch of things. Now, we'll say, so if we're davening every day for a Fushalimo, we're davening every day, for parnasa, for, for illness, for, for weakness, for all things we daven for, in accordance with whose theological model of ju- judgment is prayer for things each and every day appropriate? So the Gemara says, listen to this, Kiman, Krabiosi. It's like Rabiosi, because Rabiosi holds that there is a new judgment each and every day. So therefore, I daven each and every day for a favorable judgment. Vibai so we'll say, I just want to point out, what the Gemara's Shaila is predicated on is the following. If you hold that Adam Nidon Hashanah, that a person is judged Rosh Hashanah, and what? And what? And my judgment is sealed on Yom Kippur, then I will say that poses an incredible theological question, which is, what's the point of prayer? Then what's the point of prayer? So why am I davening for people to have a Rafuah Shalem? Baruch decided already, if someone's going to live or someone's going to die. And what's the point of davening for Paranasah? Which Baruch already determined how much I'm going to have. Or what's the point of davening for children? Because Baruch determined I'm going to have them, I'm not going to have them. So we'll say it's, it's a profound theological question about the interface between prayer and divine judgment. So the Gemara is asking, Rabbi Yosef is asking a very simple question. We daven, we daven, for Rafua. So according to whose model are we davening for Rafua? So the Gemara says on the most basic level, Rabbi Yossi. Because Rabbi Yossi holds there is no one day of judgment. Every day is a day of judgment. The other possibility I will say is as follows. Both say this is incredible. It could even be according to Rabbi Yitzchak. How so? Because Rabbi Yitzchak holds that Allah Chalamaisa, Tsa'aka, Tfila, is always powerful and impactful, both before the verdict 
and after the verdict. So I'll say this is incredible because what the Gemara introduces us to is as follows. Even if you hold that halacha la there is a din and there is a sealed judgment on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that does not mean that it's unchangeable. That does not mean that it's unchangeable. That tefillah has the ability, tefillah has the power to go ahead and even change a sealed divine verdict, which is a fascinating theological idea. I'm going to draw your attention now to Tosis for just a moment. You see Tosis, see, we do not have time for this, but we're going to do it anyway. Because sometimes something's important enough, you have to make the time. So it says Tosis. So again, this is such an incredibly, everybody struggles with this, with this idea. You know, I just want to point out this question the Rambam deals with it in Hilchos Tshuva, right? The Rambam says in Hilchos Tshuva, he says, how is Tshuva possible? If HaKadosh Baruch knows what I'm going to do anyway, so how is Tshuva possible? And you know what the Ravid says? You know what the Ravid says? Essentially, he's asking, do I really have free will? This is the famous kasha of, of the... And the Ravid says, essentially, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Some certain things, again, just... It's very interesting to ponder theologically, practically. You do your job, do what you have to do. And at the end of the day, Davin, do Tshuva... But nevertheless, the Shiloh is a fascinating Shiloh. The Gemara is asking it. So how, who, why are we davening for a fool? Why are we davening for anything if the verdict's been sealed? So look at Tosis. Well, it's incredible. Vim Tomar. The Gemara says, well, this is a much more global Shiloh. Vim Tomar, the Rabbona, Nami, Mila, Matzlina, and Rifa'inu, Abercha, Sashanim. But remember, again, this is quite fascinating. So you kind of know how the story ends, right? You know which model do we adopt? We adopt that man is judged on Rosh Hashanah. Man is judged on Rosh Hashanah. And when is judgment sealed? Yom Kippur. Okay, not really Yom Kippur. Maybe it's Hoshana Rabo or Shmini Atzeres. If you're a good chassid, you can get until Hanukkah. If you're a really good chassid, Tu Bishvat, push it a little bit more Purim. Then again, there are opinions that say Pesach. And once you have Pesach, it's pretty much ready to happen until El. Right? But, but, but bottom line, we, 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 adopt, we adopt the model that says judgment on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah Yikasevun Ubi Yom Tzom Kippur Yechasimun. But yet, Anshik Nezagidolo, right? Chazal, wrote Shmona Esrei. And Shmona Esrei is filled with what? Requests. Shmona Esrei in its essence is a petitional prayer. So as Tosis, if we believe that judgment is sealed in Yom Kippur, why did Anshik Nezagdol put all of these requests in Shmona Esrei? Va'od, Rabbi Yehuda Damar HaHa, Adam Nidom Rosh Hashanah, Ugzardin Shalom Nechtam Yom Kippurim, Har Perakam De Shabbos, HaNichnas Levaker Chol, Le'omer HaMokobi Yerachim Alecha, Va'acholi Amo Yisrael. Furthermore, even Rabbi Yehuda, who says explicitly over here that judgment is sealed in Yom Kippur, he says in Shabbos that when you go to visit the sick, you should daven for the person. You should say, Hamakom Yerachim Alecha. Hashem should have compassion on you and upon Kol Chole Yisrael. So obviously, even Rabbi Hudu holds that Din is sealed on Yom Kippur, is saying you should daven for someone to have a refuah. Here we go. Here we go. This is incredible. This is incredible. Rabbi Nutam says, we don't daven not to get sick. We don't daven not to get sick. Why don't you daven not to get sick? Both say, this is incredible. Because whether or not you're going to get sick, that's been decided. That's been decided. So whether or not I'm going to get sick, that's been decided. El Rabiosi. So again, Rabiosi, now remember, in Rabiosi's model, that man is judged each and every day. Every day is a new judgment. You could dive in not to get sick. But according to all the other models, or many of the other models, where my din is decided on Rosh Hashanah, whether I'm going to get sick or not get sick, that's already been decided. Aval she Yisrape, 
Matzlinon. What do we daven for? We daven for Rafua. See, because even if the Gzardin is that I'm going to get sick, when I'm going to get healed, how I'm going to get healed, that's the variable in life. Aliba de Kuli Almo. The Masai Yachlu, listen to this. The Masai Yachlu, Nigzar. When and how I'm going to get sick, that's already been decreed. Masai Yisrapu, when I'm going to be healed, Lo Nigzar. That has not been decreed. So again, so what told, this is incredible. So what Rabbeinu Tam essentially says is as follows. That, and it's actually fascinating. I never thought about this before. Right? If you think about it, what do we say in Shimon Esrei? We say, Hashem We ask Hashem to heal us. What don't we ask for? What don't we ask for? Right? We don't ask not to get sick. Which I've also said, by the way, I just have to say, as in a, I just want to tell you something amazing. Think about, think about what's happened over the pandemic. The global panic that's been created. Why? Think about this in just a moment. Why? Why? Because everything's been about what? The avoidance of getting sick. The avoidance of getting sick. The avoidance of getting sick creates global panic. We've lived through this. Rabbi Mutam says, this is incredible, whether you're going to get sick or not going to get sick, that's from the Ribbon Shalom. This is not like, a, uh, like, like an anti-COVID protective yeah. measure. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. Right? I, I'm just saying, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. We don't daven in Shemona Esrei not to get sick. We, we, don't, we don't daven not to get sick. Because whether you are going to get sick or not going to get sick, says Rabbi Lutam, that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And there's a din with that. There are certain things that are pre-programmed already at the beginning of the year. What I daven for is Rifa Enu. So we'll say it's a, it's, now I just want to point out there are those who argue on this theological construct, which we will get to. Obviously, Rabiosi argues on this construct. Because according to Rabiosi, there's a new din each and every day. There's a new din each and every day. So therefore, every day I can dive in. I got sick yesterday. I don't want to get sick today. But according to the model of the Rabbana and pretty much everyone else, well, except for Rabbi, except for Rabbi Nasan, that there's a din on Rosh Hashanah, a gzar din on Yom Kippur, sickness, is, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. What I daven for is rifa'inu. Which I both say, in life, there are certain things that are unavoidable. Certain things that are going to occur. What I have the control over through my tefilos and my simtovim is the duration and nature of impact. That's what I have control over. Which, I'm sorry? No, of course you put in your... Of course. You, you put in the shadows also, Correct. Correct, correct. But again, whether or not you're going to get better or not, that's up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have to put, you always have to, eh, putting in your Ishtadlis always goes with that. But I'm just pointing out something amazing. A global hysteria has been created because I think we operate a little bit under the false pretense that you could control everything with Ishtadlis. And that's false. That's false. You cannot control, if there's one thing that the pandemic has taught us, is you could put in all of the Ishtadlis you want but if something is supposed to happen, it is going to happen. You could quadruple mask 
And there are people who do that too. And at the end of the day, if a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants something to occur, a little organism to affect you, it's going to affect you. Does it mean you don't put in Ishtavlis? Of course not. You have to, Greg's 100% right. You put in Ishtavlis in everything, but there is a hashkafa sachayim that there are certain things that are going to occur. Certain things, no, no matter what precautions you take, there are certain things that are going to occur. That is the greatest Musar Haskil of this pandemic. So what I daven for, says the Rabbi Nutam, is not to get sick, because that's determined. What I daven for is the duration and the nature of that illness. Now, if you look at the end of Tosis, Tosis says something amazing. Va'od Yishlomari says, look at the end of Tosis, De'tfila de'rabim shiny. Wow. There is one exception to this. So, tefillah of the rabbin. So, so congregational, congregational prayer. Right? Tefillah no, is a better word for tefillah de rabbin. Um, not congregational prayer. What is it? Communal prayer. Thank you. Communal tefillah. Communal prayer. Listen to this. This is incredible. Digzar dinam nikra kidla kamon. So, I'll say, listen to this. Individual prayer, says Rabbi Nutan, cannot overturn the gzar din. In other words, so individual prayer, Cheshbarach who determined that I'm going to get sick, my individual tefillah cannot overturn that. Communal prayer can. Tefillah de Rabbim absolutely has the ability to do so. So which is, which is just absolutely, absolutely incredible. I'll say, you know, sometimes... You know, we don't understand the gift we have in tefillah b'tzibor. Just, you know, again, you know, davening in the morning, in the weekday morning, it has to move fast. That's just the klala of Adam Arishon. You're only going to eat by the sweat of your brow. So we don't have the time or the luxury during the week to daven as we should. It's got to be fast, it's got to be efficient, and it's got to move, right? If you get to say every single word in, in shacharis, that means that that's the shul's doing something wrong, right? That's, 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 that's wrong. It's not supposed to happen that way, right? So I'll say it's supposed to be fast, furious, mamish, like no one's business, right? You're supposed to say, I, I think I saw a blur of, of Suki de Zimra go by there. That's a good davening, right? I'll say, I just want to point out, the truth is, all kidding aside, just being here and davening with a tzibor, just being with a tzibor and davening with a tzibor is so powerful. It's so incredibly powerful. And as I say, especially to the chavr, because I always, always like, it's always a remarkable thing, because there's a chavr, there's a bunch of guys here who, because of work, right, daven, don't even get to stay till the end of davening, are in and out. And you should never for a moment think that that's not impactful, and that's not powerful, and that's not important. Even if a person finishes the daf and you've got 12 minutes because he carpools or whatever else, that's meaningful and impactful. That's tefillah b'tzibor. The ability to daven in a base medrash with other Jews is so incredible. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's the kind of gift that can literally change a universe. So Rabbi Lutam says, you're right. If I'm on my own, there's only so much I can do. But if I'm with the tzibor, I can overturn anything and everything. Incredible, we'll say. Okay, so like I said, good. We had plenty of time for that tosis. That's perfect. Let's go weiter. So we'll say, all right, so let's go. So I, again, I just want to point out, there's so much more. There's so much more in that tosis. But here you see the, the, the theological construct of Rabbi Nutam. There are certain immutable parts of judgment, says Rabbi Nutam, which I can't control. What I can control is how they play out, the duration and the intensity. Or alternatively, I can't alter it if I'm on my own. Oh, it's filo, but Sibor, anything can be changed. Back to the Gemara. Let's go back to the Gemara. It says, Tanya, I'm Rebbe Huda, Mishum Rebbe Akiva. Mipnei ma, Amra Torah, Heviyu, Heviyu, Omre Bepesach. So we're expanding now a little bit on these four Rashi Hashanah. So Rebbe Huda said, Rebbe Akiva. Mipnei ma, Amra Torah, Heviyu, Omre Bepesach. 
Why does the Torah say bring the carbon Omer on Pesach? Mipnei Sha Pesach Zman Because Pesach is the beginning, right? Is the time of grain. We'll say, remember again, now the only grain that's mature Pesach time is barley, right? Wheat matures a little bit later in the season, more by Shavuos. But the first grain barley is already mature by Pesach. So therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Hevi Olofanai Omer, the Pesach Kedesh Tisparech Lachem Tvua Shabbosodos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, bring me an offering of grain. Bring me an offering of barley in order that your grain will be blessed in the fields. Which will say, such an incredible yisod. What does that mean? We'll say, if you want bracha in your gashmius, if you want bracha in your gashmius, make sure to use it for ruchnius. Right? That is the secret to material success. You want blessing in your material wealth? Use your material wealth for a higher purpose. If somehow you use your gashmius as a way to bring you closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so you live a comfortable life, and living a comfortable life allows you to learn more, allows you to dive more. People say people make the mistake. The moment that your gashmius takes away from your ruchnius, so the moment that your work comes at the expense of your neshama is the moment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, why should I give you that bracha? Why should I give you a bracha if that bracha comes at the expense of your ruchnius? It doesn't make any sense. If a person is blessed with gashmius, that bracha comes about if it facilitates, enhances, and enables ruchnius. It's Baruch Hu says, you want grain? Fantastic. Bring it as a carbon. Bring it as a carbon. Bring the first grain as a carbon, and ultimately, in order that the grain of your field shall be blessed. Next, why does the Torah say bring the shteilechem, which I will say was a carbon of grain of wheat, shteilechem with two loaves on Shavuos? So the Gemara says, first of the widest lines, in order that the fruits of the tree should be blessed. Now, both say, now what do the fruits of the tree have to do? With the Shteh So Rashi points out over here, Shteh Alechem, Yeratzah Peros Ha'ilon, Shein Matirin Lahavi Bikurin. Oh, so this is very interesting. You can't bring Bikurin first fruit until you bring the carbon of the Shteh Alechem. So even though the Shteh Alechem, the Shteh Alechem ultimately again is not fruit, it's wheat, but it's the bringing of the Shteh Alechem that allows for the bringing of Bikurim, the first fruit. And therefore in the Schutz of bringing the Shteh Alechem, the first fruit is, the first fruit is, the fruits are blessed. Now Rashi quotes something amazing. I will say this daf is like it's like it's like it's like we found gold, like you like like treasure. So Rashi says, "Vanishamati dravihudal tamei to azla kiman damar b'sanhedrin eight sha'achal adam arishon chita haisa." I will say this is pretty beautiful. So Rashi says the other the other possibility is Rabbi Huda is the Rabbi Huda espouses the opinion of Sanhedrin that the eight the tree that adam harishon the forbidden fruit that adam harishon ate was actually not a fruit at all. But rather, it was wheat. It was wheat. And therefore, again, and therefore, again, Rabbi Huda says, we bring shtehalechem, wheat, on, on Shavuos, so that the fruits of the field should be blessed. Quite beautiful. Why does the Torah say that there's nisa chamaim, the water libation on Sukkis? Kodesh Baruch says, pour water on the Mizbeach before me on Sukkis. In order that ultimately, again, the, you should have bountiful rainfall. So we'll say, it's, you see the same theme over and over. Use the Gashmios for the facilitation of Ruchnios. And HaKadosh Baruch says, I'll bless your Gashmios. If there is a divide between your material life and your spiritual life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, there's no point in me giving, giving you the Gashmios. 
But if the Gashmius facilitates and enables the Ruchnius, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'll bless it all. V'amu l'fanai Rosh Hashanah, I'll say this and how beautiful this is. V'amu l'fanai Rosh Hashanah, Malchius, Zichrinos, V'shofros. And I'll say ultimately again, say before HaKadosh Baruch Hu says in Rosh Hashanah, say before me Malchius, which speaks about God's monarchical identity. Zichronos, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers everything. V'shofros, and all the different sections of the shofar of the past and the shofar of the future Mashiach. Malchios, Kedesh Etam Lichuni Aleichem, say Malchios in order to coronate me on you. Zichronos, remembrance, Kedesh Yale, Zichronichem, the Fanel Toba. So say Zichronos in order that I should remember you favorably. Ubama, and with what? So we'll say, Bama means, and with what should you coronate me? And with what are you remembered before me positively? Bishofar. I will say, how do we affect, how do we affect Malchios and Zichronos on Rosh Hashanah? Malchios and Zechronos is affected ultimately again through the mechanism of the shofar. I'm Rabbi Avo. So Rabbi Avo says as follows. Lama token b'shofar shal Why do we go ahead? We'll say, I just want to say, we'll have to come back to it, but I just want to point out that this is so, because there are certain things you see in the Gemara that are, they're such fundamental building blocks for life. One of them is Tam and how tefillah works with judgment. The other is this, this, Gashmius Ruchnius thing. I want to say it is so incredibly important that we realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us our brachos in life to facilitate our Ruchnius, right? If, if I have Gashmius, but as a result of my Gashmius, I'm so busy with my Gashmius that I have to cut corners in my Ruchnius, that's a bad recipe for life success. A success like that d- d- doesn't endure. So if, if my, you know, we'll say, and, this, and this happens, it's easy to, to be pulled into this, that my work, I, everything is so, it's, I have so much responsibility, I have to cut this corner. I have to cut that corner. I can't do this. I can't be, we'll say, it's just, it's just not, a, it's, it's not, not, I'm not saying that, it's just, it's not a recipe for success. The moment that my gashmius comes at the expense of even the smallest piece of ruchnius, think about this in just a moment. Why should HaKadosh Baruch Hu give me the brach of Gashmius if my Gashmius is taking away from my Ruchnius? It doesn't make sense. It's just, it's just a bad divine decision. It's just a bad allocation of resources. So we have to be so careful that the more materially we have, that enables us to produce more spiritually and not the opposite. That's the secret of material success, that your Gashmius doesn't take away from your Ruchnius. Fakir, just the opposite. It enables even more Ruchnius. We'll have to come back to that at some point because they, they, it, it's a... We're good. Let's go back there. Rabbi Rabbi says, Why do we use a ram's horn on Rosh Hashanah? Blow the ram's horn before me on Rosh Hashanah. The ram's horn is there in order to go ahead and remember the Akedah. But say, listen to this. And when you sound the shofar, I count it as if you have sacrificed yourself before me. But say, I want to say something. There's so much to say on this as well. One very quick idea. The Rebbe of the Rebbe Rabunam Pshischa says something amazing. He says, why do we use a shofar? Right? Remember again, the shofar is reminiscent of the ayo, of the ram. Right? Avram doesn't sacrifice Yitzchak. I don't want to ruin the story for anyone. Right? <laughs> Avram doesn't sacrifice Yitzchak. He sacrifices the ayo. So the Rebbe, Rebbe Nabshischa says, wouldn't it be so better, instead of taking the ram of an ayo, we should take a knife. 
Take a knife, right? Why, why isn't that? Well, let, 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 I should take a knife. Why taking the horn around the Akeda? So the Rebbe says something incredible. He says, because the entire message of the Akeda is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to die Al-Kiddush Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live Al-Kiddush Hashem. Rabbi Soloveitchik says, he says such an amazing thing, and he says, it's easy to die Al-Kiddush Hashem. Why? The Rav says, you only have to do it once. Yeah, just have to summon up the courage to do it once. But to live Al-Kiddush Hashem, as we know, is a daily struggle. Every day there's a struggle to live Al-Kiddush Hashem. So therefore, again, something amazing. So the Rebbe Pshischa says, we have to take the horn of the ram, because the horn of the ram symbolizes the fact that Kalish Baruch Hu didn't want Yitzchak's death. He wanted Yitzchak alive, because as, as, as spiritual and as holy as Yitzchak's death, Al-Kiddush Hashem, would have been, his life, Al-Kiddush Hashem, is even more impactful. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch wants. So on Rosh Hashanah, we take the horn of the aisle to remind ourselves that HaKadosh Baruch wants us to live lives Al-Kiddush Hashem. That every single day, I have to make sure that I'm doing something to sanctify the Ribbono Shal Olam Be'ene Habriyos Be'ene Olam in the eyes of the world. That's the job of the Jew. That's the mission of the Yid. So the Gemara goes weiter. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. Lama talking about Rosh Hashanah. Why do we build a shofar on Rosh Hashanah? So we'll say this is great. Why do we build a shofar on Rosh Hashanah? Rachmana Amar Tikkul. Because Torah says build a shofar. I'll say, can I just tell you something? If you had one line of all of Shas, one line, this would be it. Why do you blow the shofar? Shtitin the Torah. Kashbar who says blow the shofar? What do you think? He's so smart. You think, oh, we're so intellectual? Who says, do something, I do it. He'll say, this is what it means to be a Jew. Yes, of course, after I accept this premise, we delve into it. But all of Yiddishkeit is in this one sentence. Do you know what it means to be a Jew? It means to be a good soldier. And what does it mean to be a good soldier? Follow orders. Follow orders. Lama Tokim Rosh Hashanah, Rachmana Amar Tiku. Kaddish Baruch Hu says, blow the shofar. Elalama Marian. Rather, the Gemara says, why do we blow truths? So the Gemara says, Meir, Rachmana Amar Zichron Shruah. Because Torah calls the shofar blast a truah. That's why. The Gemara says, no, no, no. Elalama Tokinu Marian, Kishen Yoshvin, Vitokin, oh, we got some of these. Vitokinu Marian, Kishen Omdin. Rather, says the Gemara, what the, what the Gemara's question really is, is not why I blow the shofar, and not why I blow Tekiyas and, and, and Truas and Tekiyas, but rather, why do we blow the shofar? Lama Tokyo Marian Kishen Yoshim, when we're sitting, and Kishen Omdin. Shabbos said, the Gemara here is making reference to the Tekiyos Demiyushav and the Tekiyos Demoumad. Now, for our purposes, what this refers to are the sets of blasts before Mosav and during Mosav. Why do we blow two sets of blasts? The Gemara. Why don't you just blow whatever, whatever you're gonna, whatever you're gonna do, right? Tkias, Teruas, thirty, a hundred, nine, whatever you're gonna do. Why don't you just do it in one unit? Why do we do some over here, some over here? To which the Gemara says, Kedela Arvev Hasatan, in order to confuse the Satan. Now I will say now, what does this mean? So you know, in general, so we often have. A, this answer always sounds strange to us, to confuse the Satan. The Satan, right, is the prosecuting angel, the one who always wants to deliver bad news, wants to prosecute against Claudius Ross. What does this mean we're confusing him? Right, so we'll say there are different approaches. We're confusing him because, again, he thinks maybe it's the shofar of Mashiach, and therefore he can't prosecute against us. He doesn't realize when he thinks we're stopping, we're starting, we're this, we're that. First of all, the Satan's got to be a semi-intelligent being, if he's a being at all, right? Because remember, again, whenever we speak about the Satan, we're talking about this many
many times. Satan doesn't refer necessarily to something external. It refers to something internal, the self-sabotaging mechanisms. But even if it's something external, even if there is really an angel who prosecutes against us, it's got to be a semi-intelligent being. So by now, probably again, 5,782 years into the creation of the world, it's probably caught on, right? He's probably gotten his hands on a machzer, right? So, so, so chances are he knows what we're doing. So we'll say, look at Rashi. Rashi says something so profound. Kedela Arvev, Rashi says, you're right. It doesn't mean you confuse him that he doesn't know what's going on. It means you confuse him and that he's unable to articulate his negative arguments against Klal Yisrael. Why? Because when the Satan sees all of the good of Am Yisrael, when he sees all of our spiritual beauty, when he sees how much we love mitzvos, and everything we're doing, his arguments become confused. When he sees that Kalal Yisrael is sitting and blowing the shofar and doing tshuva and davening and crying and supplicating, he just simply can't speak the negative words that he had prepared. So beautiful. We'll say, that's how you confuse the Satan. I bombard him with positivity. It's not the Pshat, it's Mashiach, Mashiach. I bombard him with positivity. And when I bombard him with positivity, the whole prosecutorial speech, right, that he had against me, he can't even get the words out because he's so overwhelmed by the good that I am putting forward. It's so beautiful. Any year in which we don't blow the shofar in the beginning, ultimately we cry in the end. In other words, that if for some reason, that Tosas points out over here, this is not talking about Shabbos, right? Because if we don't blow the shofar on Shabbos, that's because of halacha. What it means, says Tosas, is if you don't blow the shofar because of some other circumstance, failure to blow the shofar in, in the beginning of the year causes crying by the end of the year, which means that if I don't start, shofar is such an impactful mitzvah that I need it in order to be successful in the coming year. And if I don't go to the beginning of the year, then unfortunately, again, that pays me for misfortune for the rest of the year. So the Gemara says, My time, what's the reason? The law, Irvav Satan. says, and I will say again, I'm sorry, I read that quickly, but what's the reason why there's crying by the end of the year? Because I didn't overwhelm the Satan with positivity. And if you don't overwhelm the Satan with positivity, then what? Then what? He's able to prosecute, which I will say, by the way, is a, is a great approach, not just for the satan, but for difficult people as well. Sometimes the way to deal with difficult people is not to meet them where they are or not to respond with nastiness, but it's just to overwhelm them with kindness, <laughs> right? Sometimes, again, if you, just, if you just don't get in the mud, right, and you just don't sling it back, and at the end of the day, you say, you know what, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. That's not how I behave. That's not how I interact. I'll, I'll meet your Lashon Hara with kindness and I'll meet your negativity with a smile and I'll go ahead and meet all of your nastiness just to save upon him Yafos. It's amazing that sometimes, you're, you're, sometimes you confuse the Satan and sometimes the Satan doesn't know what to do with all of that kindness and positivity and it shuts down the Machlokes. Not just for the, not just for the celestial Satan, for a lot of human Satans as well. So, I don't mean to call people satan. You understand the, the, the metaphor. Good. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, shana, uh, There are some people who are something. Let's say any year which you begin in an impoverished state ultimately again ends off in a wealthy state. Which means, I will say what? Any year in which we humble ourselves before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we do tshuva and we apologize and we cry. So like, a, like an ani, 
at the end of the year, ultimately, again, there's wealth. Not necessarily material wealth, but spiritual wealth. The Pasuk says, Meresh is written without an Aleph. And therefore, again, Rosh means a pauper. So we'll say, if I begin the year like a Rosh, I begin the year like a pauper. The idea for successful din is you come before HaKadosh Baruch with humility. It's all about humility. If I come in with humility and a lay nishbar, broken heart, confident about the great things that I've done, but also really honest about the things in which I've fallen short, HaKadosh Baruch says, you begin the year like that, it's going to be a good year. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. I will say this isn't, it's just, it's too, it almost feels unfair to have all of this in one daf. Right? It feels like they should be spread over a month. Some Rabbi Yitzchak, ain't done in Esa Adam El Lafi Masav Shah. Now, most of the Rishonim understand that this actually, this statement is a reference to Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yitzchak says a person is only judged according to where they're holding in that moment in life. Then I will say, what Rabbi Yitzchak is saying is as follows. Well, you see, the, the disadvantage that God has, so to speak, with judgment is what? Is what? He knows what's going to happen, right? He knows how the story ends. But yet, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges me, he doesn't judge me based on what's going to occur. He only judges me based on what? What is right now? What is right now? So the Gemara says, Shinemar, Kishama Elokim es Kalanar, Ba'asher Husham. The Pasuk says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu went ahead and heard the Nar. Who is that? That's Yishmael. He heard Yishmael, Ba'asher Husham, where Yishmael was holding at that moment. So we'll say Rashi quotes over here the incredible Medrash that when Yishmael, remember there's one Avram Avinu sent Yishmael away. Yishmael is dying from thirst, right? Hagar sends him Tachas Achas Achas Asichim under the thorn bushes. Then Alachim are saying to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, "Let him die, let him die." Do you know how much suffering, how much misfortune Yishmael and his descendants are going to cause? Cloud Yisrael, let him die. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Alachim, "Tell me right now when you look at him, is it an innocent child or a culpable child?" They said, innocent child. Innocent child. So that's what the Pasuk says. Hashem heard the voice of the boy Yishmael. Ba'asher Husham. Ba'asher Husham is not a geographic statement. Ba'asher Husham is a spiritual statement. At that point in time, Yishmael deserved HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim, and therefore he receives it. Incredible. I just want to point out, according, as I mentioned, according to many of the Rishonim, this is also by Rosh Hashanah. By Rosh Hashanah, it, which is, by Rosh Hashanah, there is a concept that judgment is based on how I conduct myself over Rosh Hashanah. So if on Rosh Hashanah, I am a true Baal Tshuva. If on Rosh Hashanah, I really do what I need to do to rectify myself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if you could pull it together for 48 hours, I will judge you based on those 48 hours and not based on anything else. An incredible idea. There are three things. This is all incredible. Three things which go ahead and bring up the din. Avonosah means the sin of Adam. Four, three things that bring up the iniquity of man. What are they? Elohim, Kir Natui. A slanted wall. So I'll say a slanted wall means 
you put yourself in a makom sakono. If you put, now I will say, if a person puts themselves in a makom sakono, it must be because they think that they have requisite merit to save themselves. Really? You think you have requisite merit? Anytime you think you have requisite merit, that causes the Beis Shamal, the celestial court, to examine your parable. So you know, it will have to stop over here. It's perfect. I just want to point out, we're right on schedule. Don't, don't, don't get worried over here. We're going to start tomorrow morning in Meretz Hashem at 5.45 as well, just so we have the opportunity. Well, don't worry, everything, everything equals out. We'll say Shikayach and Ratsham. This is for the next couple of days. We have Dapim like this. So, an incredible, incredible adventure ahead. Shikayach, everyone. Blur. Yankee.